There's a discussion on Limerick's sustainable future tonight. It's happening at the Strand Hotel in the city centre at 7.30. And I'm joined in the studio by Green Party TD Brian Ledden here in Limerick. The Green Party is hosting it and by one of this evening's key speakers, former Secretary General of the Department of Finance, John Morn. And you're both very welcome. So, Brian, give us a sense of what you hope will come out of tonight. Well, I hope it will be a good and lively discussion and uh, uh, we have three excellent speakers. I'd like to thank John, who's here with us today in studio. Uh, also, Kieran uh, Cough, MEP uh, for Dublin and uh, uh, Dr. L- Lorraine Darcy, is a, a wonderful West Limerick woman who's an expert on uh, transport and urban generation. Uh, she's coming to speak as well. So I think it'll be a lively discussion and what we've got to figure out is how we plan for the, the future Limerick. So we all know what the, the present Limerick is. But the future Limerick will actually be very different. And we're at a crossroads now. Uh, We can develop in a certain way, um, which is maybe to follow the pattern of development of the last number of decades, uh, or we can do it in a very different way. And the question for us is, which is the better way? And uh, that's the the, the main gist of it tonight. Right. And and John, I mean, what are your thoughts on the pace of delivery, particularly in Limerick City at the moment? Yeah, so I get the hard question straight off, right? I mean, look, I think, the way we've always thought about this and in, in, in when I have conversations is kind of like a three-legged stool, right? I mean, you need to have a good plan, you need to deliver on that plan, and you need to tell people about what you're doing with full transparency. And if you don't have one of those sort of, you know, legs, the stool topples over, right? Um, what you see in Limerick at the moment, I think, is a movement forward. And, and we kind of keep saying, well, it's better than it was and that kind of stuff. But but we seem to have lost the level of ambition that we had back in the 13th century when we built King John's Castle, back in the in the 18th century when we built George and Limerick. And, and I think hopefully with tonight's conversation, I mean, you know, really welcome it. That's why I want to support this. We get to kind of look at what this Limerick, uh, an ambitious Limerick should should look like again. See, I, I mean, I remember talking to you in this studio maybe six, seven years ago and you were talking in quite ambitious terms then and maybe in slightly more optimistic terms than you just have. Yeah, well, I, it's actually funny because I was putting together the slides for, for tonight and I mean, a whole load of the stuff that I think I'm expecting to hear from Kieran and from Lorraine, we were saying in Limerick in, the, in 2015, 2014, and we had an opportunity to get ahead of other places at that time if we were kind of just followed up on that. And, I, and when you walk around the city, you don't see that. I mean, I don't want to mention the war on O'Connell Street, but that's one of the things we were talking about back then, right? And, you know, in the time it's taking us to deliver the design on O'Connell Street, we've won four All-Irelands. I mean, you know, I remember the one before, that was 1973, right? So that shows that there are parts of Limerick, maybe it's the hurling team, the sports and stuff like that, that are doing it right. They're thinking about things ambitiously, they're pushing themselves hard, they're moving fast to deliver on that. And I just don't feel when you walk around the city centre that's happening. Whereas on the other side, we're creating jobs and lots of other things. But we know designing a city is not about jobs. It's Mm. about people. Um, Brian, do you see our progress as patchwork in Limerick or or what's your definition of it? I think uh, John's... Uh, view is is fair. I think that the rate of the pace of development uh, isn't quick enough. We are doing very good on on creating new jobs. That's it is one part of it, um, but it's not just about the pace of development. It's about the direction that we're going as well. Uh, and I think there are some really good uh, plans that are in place. And 
very involved in them myself. Like we've talked about this before, Joe, the Limerick Shannon Metropolitan Area Transport Strategy. Uh, I think John and, and Kieran and Lorraine might actually believe in that plan because it is a step in the right direction. As of now, it's only a plan and we do have the My Ross train station is going to happen by 2025. But we need to be talking about uh, train stations in in Listenagrai, Bally Simon, uh, Mongret, Raheen, Patrick Swell, Adair and so on. Certain pieces of that are coming together, but we need to be much more serious about that vision and understand that it is deliverable. In fact, it's more deliverable than... Uh, the the other vision for Limerick, which was, is to kind of expand in the way that we have done in the in the last forty or fifty years. And again, John Moore, I mean, you've talked about rail, um, not only commuter rail but high speed rail connecting Limerick to the likes of of Dublin. But how far away is that? Well, I mean. Trains are speeding up. I mean, you know, the great thing about a train journey to Dublin is it's probably never going to get slower, right? It can always just improve, whereas a car journey can get slower because there's congestion. So so you need to plan around certainty. And even if it's two hours to Dublin becoming an hour and a half or even getting faster, that's really important for private sector investment to know that that's the, the limit, right? But when you think about trains and delivery, I mean, like we have the Ryder Cup coming to Limerick. It's coming to Adair. So why don't we actually have a task force which is going to deliver a train station in a dare by the time of the Ryder Cup? I mean, it's much more achievable than to deliver the bypass. And, uh, but you put a deadline and you deliver. And, you know, I'm aware that there was significant work done in advance of the British Open coming to Port Rush in Northern Ireland on rail and ensuring that they had somewhere. And it is a legacy ever since because they now have a better rail link than they did before. Absolutely. And I think JP has said he wants to have the most sustainable sort of, you know, golf competition that we've ever had in in the history of that competition. And what better legacy than that to actually see that rail line opened. But that requires leadership. It requires delivery. And I mean, to speaking of rail, the other thing that saddens me since I took a year out last year with, with the cancer and stuff like that, but now I come back into town is to see absolutely nothing, it seems, has happened on Colbert. You know, a lot happened in a year. Right. Now, I, I wanted to ask you about that just to remind people, because obviously you're very aware of it as former chair of the Land Development Agency. And this is about the Colbert Quarter that was announced for uh, the city and you know, both sustainable, but also an awful lot of housing. But you're saying you, you don't see much evidence of movement. Well, there were so many things that were supposed to happen, right? There was supposed to be a team. There was supposed to be an office in the LDA. There was supposed to be a team of people on site. There was supposed to be movement on the planning of the whole area, not just a small part of it. And we designed it so that some things like the bicycle paths, like the walkways through the site, could be delivered much faster than even the time it takes to build housing and and, and office spaces. And I've been up there. I mean, somebody can tell me differently um, if they're out there listening, but I haven't seen it. I don't see an office of the LDA. I don't see a team of people on on the ground. What about that, Brian, Eden? Yeah, that's absolutely fair. And and the Colbert plan is a sustainable plan. It's it it, it very much fit much fits with the vision uh, for uh, a city that has a, a a large a critical mass of people living in it uh, and a, diver, a diverse community as well. And um, it it is too slow. And the LDA aren't taking that plan seriously enough. And it's not just about Colbert. It's about the lands uh, around the the proposed rail network as well that will be opened up for development. We need to be thinking about that scale of development. The National Planning Framework, which was published in 2018, that's five years ago now, was all about reversing the lopsided development of this country where you're Dublin just accelerating over the the second half of the 20th century. It's all about growing the regional cities. Um, And despite the National Planning Framework being there uh, for five years, 
uh, we are not seeing the, the rate of growth, the level of growth uh, in the regional cities and there are elements in Limerick that could be done reasonably quickly. It's actually, Joe, just to come on that point, right? I mean, it's shocking if you start looking at the numbers, right? Limerick is supposed to grow by a certain percentage from here to 2040 to meet the government's plans and our population is actually growing at half the rate it needs to. So in order to catch up, we would need to grow faster for the next 10 years or 15 years than Dublin is at the moment. So we are behind and nobody seems to care. Right. I'm certainly not blaming you for this personally or anything, John Moran, but you were a driver of the Yes campaign for a directly elected mayor. And I would put it to you that what's now happened is a gap has been created in leadership. We are waiting for this to happen. It looks as though it may never happen. It looks as though if it does happen, it's not going to be a role with teeth. Do we not have the worst of both worlds now? Well, I, I, you know, we have a structure at the moment, right? Whether we call that a gap in leadership or not, I, I, I mean, we, we all might have views on that, right? Absolutely, the government has failed Limerick by not delivering on the legislation for the DEM. And I was hopeful earlier this year when Kieran O'Donnell was given the job that as a local Limerick TD, he may put a bit more focus on it than his two predecessors. I mean, we're on our third Minister of State on this legislation and two different ministers in four and a half years or something like that. So that's just scandalous way to treat the second city that could be in Ireland, right? They, they, at the same but, time... Oh, sorry, but just to be clear, what I mean by gap in leadership is the uncertainty. Yeah, but that the, they're supposed to be a directly elected mayor. Everyone keeps talking about it. There is no sign of it coming at any point in the near future, if ever. But we did solve some of that certainty two years ago, right? I mean, we had an interim CEO in the local authority uh, for because of the legislation coming. And because of the delay, somebody decided to go ahead and make that CEO a permanent position to give them the five or seven years to deliver for Limerick. And essentially the councillors made that decision and pushed it forward. So there isn't in fact at the moment a gap in leadership, no more than there's a gap, not a gap in Cork or in Galway. The DEM is, I think, an important extra step on that. But, uh, but at the moment that's outside of our control, right? We can only be right. the best we can be. Will we ever see it, a DEM? I mean, they're, mo- they're moving ahead in Dublin. It feels now as though Dublin will, if it happens, take priority and sure, we could be waiting 20 years to see it in Limerick. To be yeah. truthful. Like. Yeah, I mean, no, you know, no. we, can, we can dance around this till the cows come home, but that seems to be the reality. Yeah, I, I don't think um, that's quite fair. I, I think, like, I'm blue in the face now. As you know, Joe, asking in the Dolan recently, Mial Martin responded, he said we would see the legislation uh, this month, uh, so that we've we've two weeks now, and maybe we will see it by the end of the month. Uh, it's absolutely critical. It was put on on the the long finger, and I think the system is generally resistant to this idea about ceding control, uh, devolving powers from Dublin. Uh, we are an incredibly centralised country; power rests in in Dublin. Uh, that has to change. The countries that have gone down this path of directly elected mayors, the cities that have gone down this path have thrived. And if it happens in Limerick, I fully believe the people of Limerick will, will whoever they elect, uh, will put in, in, in that office uh, subject to the, the mayor having the powers uh, that, that they should have. It should be a, a really meaningful office. But I think the people of Limerick will get behind that person uh, and that person then will be able to drive an ambitious vision for the, for the city and county. I want to give you a chance, Brian, to expand or clarify on comments. Um, I think you said intensive agriculture is the tail wagging the dog. And you know that upset quite a few people in the world of agriculture. 
Yeah, I want to make a distinction between uh, farm, farmers and farming and the agri-food sector. And, and it's very much the latter when I talk about intensive agriculture. Uh, this is uh, a, it's an important part of your, our economy. I wouldn't dispute that at all. But I and my colleagues across uh, Dáil and across all parties uh, and in Shannon Aaron as well, we are lobbied constantly uh, by this lobby group. Uh, and it is completely disproportionate uh, to the uh, the place that it has uh, in our society. And that's my experience of the last few years. We have to get real now and we have to stand up to the vested interests. Yes, we absolutely uh, need to plan for a sustainable farming future for farmers. There, There is a path there that will work for them. Uh, and that's about thinking long term and not short term. And I'm sorry to say, but a lot of the debate at the moment is about the short term gain uh, uh, over the long term. Okay, uh, finally, John Moran, um, do we now have to accept that Limerick 2030 is, in effect, Limerick 2050? Well, it's funny because actually one of my slides is Limerick 2050 tonight, right? Um, And it's important we have a development company of our own. We're the only local authority to have that. So they should also be driving forward as fast as we need them to, right? I mean, look, I'm a proud Limerick man and it pains me to see this city particularly focusing on the city today rather than even the county, you know, not achieving its potential. I mean, I grew up in Limerick. I was always told, be the best that you can. Not necessarily be the best, but be the best that you can. And when you walk around Limerick City at the moment, you do not get a sense that our city is actually the best it could be. And and there's a lot of the things we've talked about that need to change. Um, but there's a sort of a passivity in Limerick that I can't quite put my finger on. You know, we have appalling health systems. We have buses that don't come. You know, and yet when you try and galvanise people to get behind this, to beat up on fellas like Brian here beside me and Morris and, and Kieran, you might disagree with John and, and, and Willie, all of whom are supposed to deliver for our city. You know, we have a local election coming up next year. I think it's really important that we continue conversations like tonight to make sure that at least by 2050 we have the best city. Right, well, thank you for giving us a taster of what will be discussed uh, this evening and uh, it's an open meeting this evening. Limerick Sustainable Future in the Strand Hotel at 7.30, organised by the Green Party and uh, John is... is I'll just say that the the, uh, capacity is limited in the Strand Hotel so if people want to come along, uh, there are some spaces still available to go on to Eventbrite online and search for Limerick Sustainable Future and they can book a ticket that way. All right, great. Thank you both very much for coming in to me this morning. Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95.